Oscar, where's 1049 Park Avenue? This is 1049 Park Avenue. Can two divorced men share an apartment without driving each other crazy? Hello, and welcome to 1049 Park Avenue, an odd couple podcast. Ted Linhart, Garrett Eisler, here today to talk about season five, episode five, five, The Dog Story, which aired October 10th. Creative title there. Yes. Well, we had the Hollywood story last week. <laughs> That's true. I guess we're getting to that point. Uh, <clears throat> aired October 10th, 1974, is available on Paramount+. Plus. And who are our writers this week? Uh, a, fam- a team that has worked for the show before, Ben Jolson and Art Bear. Ben Jolson, no relation to Al Jolson, I don't think. It's different spelling. Um, and uh, they've the two other, they wrote, this is their third and last uh, odd couple. The other two, uh, I think we were pretty fond of, the Big Mouth, Howard Cosell, and New York's Oddest. Um, you have something to say about that? No, well, I was going to say, I already have an All in the Family connection to make. Really? Well, I was just watching an episode while I was eating lunch before we started the podcast, it's the episode where Gloria uh, has her baby. And in it, Archie's Lodge puts on a minstrel show with blackface. So when you said Al Jolson, (laughs) that was my connection. And I assume in the show that this was a, uh, not a good thing. Yes, it was. Yes, it was considered. Okay, uh, good. Well then maybe I'll I'll still consider doing the podcast. No, no, we, the, Um, the the audience has spoken. (laughs) You're doing it. (laughs) <laughs> uh, okay i just want to about about mr non al jolson and art bear uh i probably said before but their career they may just take the cake for longest career and most number of shows they wrote for over the years um together in the 60s and the 80s together yeah i think like at least 90 percent as as a team um now all in the family is seems like now that you mentioned it the only major tv show of those decades that they seem to have not written for for some reason but just listen to this starting with uh in 1960s with early 60s with car 54 gomer pile andy griffith dick van dyke gary moore get smart hogan's heroes jonathan winters uh carol burnett uh partridge family odd couple happy days good times chico and the man Jefferson's, Alice, and then finishing up with the Love Boat. Yeah, they wrote for Norman Lear shows, just not. All so the it's family. hard to imagine. Like it's, All in the Family is like one of the few major shows, besides possibly Joni Loves Chachi, that they did not uh, write for at that time. And oh, but my favorite out of all of them is not the most successful, but the great one hit wonder, Grady. Oh, so Grady comes up later in our there's grady comes up in our yeah oh, yes someone the, did an appearance so, someone actually was a regular on grady oh okay yeah. because uh by the way one it, hit wonder is not i was a right, you know that's yeah. a misnomer because yeah, i think if, they probably did not i meant one one season yes one season if, and if out that. yeah um but makes I mean, it reminds me like that sanford and son had a lot of spinoffs for, I mean, that's because they had their Sanford yeah, and San- then Sanford Arms. Right. I don't know which came first. I think it was Sanford. And Grady. Yeah. yeah. That's three. That's a lot. Yeah. Yes. 
I think it's basically but none of them were for Damon Wilson. Right. I think Damon Wilson basically left and they decided how to keep the show. Who, going. Of course, had his version of a follow up with the new odd couple. Oh, that's right. Yes, he was a new odd couple, which is something we can consider discussing when we're done with these episodes. Yes. Uh, okay. So a cab pulls up to fake 1049 Park Avenue. Felix gets out carrying a large dog and a blue bank blanket. And he runs into the apartment with it. He opens the door of the apartment and he calls for Oscar to see if he is there. And then he walks in with the dog while continuing to call for Oscar. And he starts talking to the dog. You're going to love Oscar. Funny guy. Wait till you see him and wait till you see his room. And he laughs and he says, only don't bury anything in there. You'll never find it. But if you get hungry, you can look under his pillow. You're sure to find food. We'll get you something to eat. Come on, come here, come here. And they go into the kitchen. Now, Oscar walks in and he sees the blue blanket on the ground and says, who slept on the floor? I'll get blamed for this mess, I'm sure, right? Then he calls for Felix, who responds, Oscar, listen, remember when I first moved in, you wanted to get a dog and I didn't want to have one. Oscar says, yeah, you said living with one animal was enough. While saying this, Oscar appears to be looking for something. He looks on his desk and then he lifts up a couch cushion and finds a cigar under the couch seat cushion. Mm, that sounds I unsafe. I couldn't tell if he was looking for that cigar and just couldn't remember he where he put it and did he put it <laughs> under the seat? Like on per was that did you notice this or was it too uh, I didn't okay well first of all this I did actually watch on a normal television set. Uh but I that was still a detail that escaped me. Oh, I, so I couldn't tell if he was knew it would be there and if he put it there on purpose. All right. Well, clearly the the uh, the real purpose of it is is that he needs to be distracted so that the dog can exactly surprise him. As right. So Felix gives the dog a can of beer. It still has the uh, ring around it that, it, you know, a, a six pack comes in so that he can put it in his mouth and he brings Oscar the beer in his mouth. And that leads to this first clip. Why, is he a relative or something? <laughs> this is the most famous dog in the world. This is Silver, the wonder dog. <laughs> this is the dog that's starting the picture I'll bark tomorrow? Yes. <laughs> Movies, TV, series, commercials. This dog could buy and sell you. Oh, I recognize him now. What's he doing, a good dog? Well, listen. Today, yeah. I had a job to take his portrait. What's he doing, a good dog? You're a good dog. Oscar, yeah. I stole the dog. <laughs> what dog? The Odd Couple was filmed in front of a live audience. I always knew you were crazy, but now I'm ready to sign the commitment papers. You don't understand. That's right, I don't understand. If you'd listen to me, I'll tell you what happened. I just went to the studio to take his picture. Well, you know me, Mr. Mind My Own Business. Okay, Younger, let's get to it. Hello, Mr. Hugo. Oh, my, what a beautiful dog. Hiya, fella. Never speak directly to the dog. He's only supposed to respond to me. Oh, I'm sorry. Now, you know what we want. 
This is for silver doggy shampoo. Uh -huh. So get the highlights in the hair. Well, no trouble with that, Cody. Uh, uh, uh. It glistens. That's the kerosene we rub in. <laughs> you rub kerosene in? Does, doesn't that irritate his skin? He's used to it. Now, let's get started. We've got a busy game. After you, we have a silver child dog food commercial and then a ribbon-biting ceremony in Newark. Dog looks tired. We flew in from Australia this morning. Oh, poor fellow. Why don't we take a little rest? He'll get a rest later. Come here! <laughs> I brought along some dog biscuits. Uh, put them away. I told you, we're doing a dog food commercial later. We're not feeding him until then. Mm. We want him to tear into that food so it'll look like he really likes it. Of course, I'm only a photographer, but when did you last feed this dog? Well, you stick to your camera, or I'll get somebody else. I don't blame you. Wish I had a plate for you. So that's John Fiedler, Fiedler in his second odd couple role, again playing a villain, a villain who has no first name. Oh, Mr. right. He's Mr. Just, uh, Mr. Hugo, as a, before he was Mr. Duke. Uh, as now, so his previous villain was the uh, the owner of the high security apartment building. Manager, I think, not owner. Manager, yeah. Yes. Oh, right, right, manager. Right. That's Mr. Duke, right. And of course, th that's just two in the odd couple TV series. He, of course, was also, before this, in the, the original Vinny of stage and screen. Ah, he does. He is a good villain or bad guy. He has that kind of yes. voice and attitude. Very recognizable voice. Uh, so, yeah, so we went over his history back in the Security Arms episode, if you want to go listen to that. Uh, although that's not the name. Where is it the name? Was it the name Security Arms? That was the building. No, I can't remember. All right, anyway. Uh, so the long laugh towards the end is when Hugo says, come, and Felix immediately walks to stand in front of him like a dog. I think the laugh is a little much for that joke, <laughs> but uh, that. Well, that's funny. I mean, I mean, the way Tony Randall does it, like Tony Randall completely a bit like go obeys, like as if he has, as if he's the dog. Right. Well, that's the joke. He's like scared by Hugo. I always thought the audience was a little little over laughing in that and this whole episode i feel like they're a little too too engaged they're, not, they're, well, but that's because be dog. Sorry, i agree with you um so also silver grabs the bag of treats out of felix's pocket is another visual in that scene and then um so from there after that we fade to the end of the shoot and Mr. Hugo was on the phone saying, I know we should be there by now, but we just finished a photo shoot that took forever. Now we hear Silver whimpering, which is clearly a dubbed sound. Felix feeds him some treats while Hugo is not looking. But then when Hugo hangs up the phone and turns around and catches Felix feeding or having a treat in his hand, Felix eats the treat. <laughs> um, and that is also something the audience just loves. Uh, we also see that Hugo has a leather crop he walks around with, the discipline silver, we're assuming. And Hugo says, you know, we need those photos first thing in the morning. Felix says, you'll have them. You'll have them. And then the secretary in the office tells Hugo, Norm says it's all set for the Alabama-Nebraska football game on Saturday. 
Hugo says, good. Call Harry and tell him I'm counting on a lot of publicity. Nobody's ever dropped a dog out of a plane during halftime before. Oh, and tell him to make sure that they have a red, white, and blue parachute. People will love it. Secretary says, yes, Mr. Hugo. And she, who's, she, the, the character's name we'll find out is Edna. And she's played Edna? by- Edna, yes. That's, they would yeah. name another character Edna? You'll hear in a moment I, that Crazy. Mr. Hugo calls her. Actually, in the credits, it says Edna. And then she, she when he, in, in the next, he calls her in a moment. Okay. Yes. I mean, in real life, there can be a person who has a daughter yes, named know, Edna, Cannon Carter and Edna. It is kind of weird on a TV show, that, given there's lots of names you could choose. Uh, true. Maybe they didn't even think about it. Um, so she only has four other credits on IMDb. Three of them are recognizable. Soil and Green, the movie, Emergency, and Adam-12. Felix says, you're going to drop silver out of an airplane. Hugo says, my idea, and they're playing paying plenty for it felix says well isn't that dangerous a dog doesn't know how to use a parachute you pull the cord for him and hugo says no the parachute opens automatically it's foolproof felix says well how do you get him to jump out of the plane you toss a stick out over alabama and say fetch hugo says i don't want to continue this conversation remember first thing in the morning with those proofs i'd like to be your trainer unger silver come edna come (laughs) right so edna gets up walks out of the room with some papers Now, Silver does not move, and Felix talks to Silver and says, I don't blame you for not coming. I'm afraid of flying, too, even first class. So that's good continuity. So uh, I don't know if that was intentional good continuity, but... Because we we talked about how in uh, Flight of the Felix, um, we talked about how, like, he never seemed to have a fear of flying before. Right. So I'm... I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt that this was intentional continuity. Yes. Uh, he says, wish you were my dog. Guess there's nothing I can do about it. And then we hear another fake dog whine. And Silver picks up a blue blanket from across the room, the one we saw at the beginning, and brings it over to Felix. Felix says, oh, fella, odd gee whiz. Look, I tell you, if you followed me out and just happened to get in my cab, and he covers the dog with the blanket, says, come on, that would be all right, wouldn't it? What do you say? Felix leaves and says, well, look, what do you know? You're out here in the hall. Silver barks. Felix closes the door and the audience applauds. Lot, they're, they're also very applause happy. Here. I think it's, it's, the, it's the dog and also dog related humor. Yes. Gets a lot of uh, reaction from the crowd. So now uh, we're before, before yes. going on the next scene. Yes. Uh, something I meant to mention uh, earlier. In your flawless description, of the opening scene, you left out uh, one detail about the dog. It's a collie. Yeah. Oh, like Lassie. Right. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, it's a vi- something visually noticeable. Fair enough. Uh, from the moment the dog comes in. Yeah. This is the era of like dog rescue you know, well dog, dog family movies. We had Lassie yes, had family. just ended. Right, right, then we had right. Benji and right. Uh, right. So then that darn cat was a movie which actually uh, is referenced kind mm-hmm. of later in the mm-hmm. film yeah. and the show. So, yeah, this is kind of the era that we don't really have these days of big family or big pop culture. Oh, Clifford. Animals. Now they're all CGI, though. They don't yeah. do them with real animals. Um, you know, the other thing from that opening scene worth mentioning is uh, – 
apparently Oscar, when Felix moved in, said he really wanted a dog. Right. We did not know that before. Oscar loves dogs. Now, did, was that clear with golden earrings? Uh, mm. He he did seem to really have an affection for golden earrings, no. even if it was a finance, you know, financially right. driven. Right. Okay, so now we're so this is a flashback, by the way. Is this the first flashback? Oh yeah, this is. Is mm-hmm. this the first yeah. flashback we've had that didn't require a living room reset because it wasn't about? Well, yeah, because what's odd about it is that it's not a flashback to the past; it's a flashback to earlier that day. Well, that's technically the past. Yes, but I mean, well, that's why it feels different. Yes, is that decades ago? They don't ago. have to go to the kitchen and redo right. the set. Right, and it's also like. I've, this is unusual. I don't think we've ever seen like a flashback to here. You know, I what, which means they made a very conscious decision to start with him bringing Silver home. Right. So this is and the first. Then, uh, and when they could have started with the scene in the studio. Right. Yes. I'm curious, and I'm curious whether they even made that decision after taping, even possibly, and re-edited it somehow. But it's kind of an interesting. So, so the answer to my question, I think, is yes. Then, correct? Do you remember the question I asked a minute ago? The question is: This is the, the, the only. I first. think of it as the first. I think of, of the first. I think of the kitchen detail as less important than the recentliness of the flashback. Well, they're together. The reason this is the first flashback without a kitchen and living also room not reset. Apartment. Uh, that's right. There's two reasons then. One, it's not decades ago, and two, it's not in the apartment. But is this the first one? I'm trying to remember. I'm asking you. Is do you recall? I'm another? pretty sure. Okay. I'm pretty sure. All right. So now we're back at present day. Well, hour. it depends. Hold on. It depends on what you yeah. mean by flashback, because in the course of different episodes, we've had those two points where both Felix and Oscar in different episodes had told a story about their childhood, right? Where there was a oh. flashback too. But those are like incidental. Right. In the episode and they didn't rec- they also were not set in the apartment so there's the world there's the one with pat with pat Morita, right where he's is that oh one of them god or is yeah, that, an- that i wasn't even thinking of that Would, oh, you're, war, oh right? right you're thinking of i right. was thinking of the ones where they play their fathers or grandfathers before the our father's episode so then so then i think my point is actually not as valid as i thought because i was thinking this is the first flashback with the no, all right, and then I'm wrong. Forget it. I, I, I remove my point. This is not the first time we've done a flashback without a living room reset. So let's move on. Yes. So now we're back in the apartment. It's that now we're back in the present, and that leads to a, a, another clip. And that's the way it happened. You stole the dog. Haven't you listened to one word I've said? I told you how they treated this poor animal. What choice did I have? You could have minded your own business. Felix, they could put you in prison. Oh. You want to be known as the dog man of Alcatraz? <laughs> hey, ridiculous. Get that dog out of here. No. Felix, we get that dog out of here, I'm going to call the police. You'd squeal on me, swell Felix? <laughs> Listen, swell Felix, maybe you don't realize what you have done. By bringing that dog home, you have made me an accomplice to a crime. I could go to prison. I am willing to take that risk. <laughs> Look at this beautiful No, dog. you don't understand. No, please, no. Beautiful and stolen don't go together. Prison and stolen, they go together. Now, that's it, Felix. I want to have nothing to do with it. All right. Let it be on your head. And what be on my head? If anything happens to that dog Saturday at halftime, if he lands in a tuba, let it be on your head. 
Paris. I'm not the one who's pushing him out of the airplane. I just want to push him out of this apartment, that's all. Is it all right if I feed him before you just throw him out into the street? I've got 15 minutes to feed the dog. 15 minutes. I'm going to be firm this time. I'm a kid. I've had it. 15 minutes. And out goes the dog. That's it. 15 minutes, boy. 15 minutes. 15, 15. You've got a half hour. Out goes the dog. So the reason he changes his mind is because he goes to pet the dog. And of course, he's such a, a, such a good dog. He's a softy. Oscar he's is a softy. Uh, so the next hey, scene, you know what? Yes. Just one more, one more observation about the flashback uh, thing. Um, it, it's because I, I was thinking about how, how I just said, like, about uh, how they edited the flashback together. Of course, it's good to remember that in front of the audience, they would have had to tape the studios the photo shoot first because they wouldn't like stop this scene and then go into the other set could they have uh, taped it last also they could have but it but for the sake of the audience following the story it would be made more sense to tape the studio scene so that the audience gets gets it in sequence basically mm-hmm. um and uh but that's true of also like so many of the flashback scenes where because the actors are being aged or stuff you know where the studio audience is not seeing it in the order that we're seeing it at home yeah so, so the next scene silver's in the kitchen oscar's sitting at the counter eating felix is stirring something in a bowl and says this is really going to be delicious you're going to love this there you go he puts the bowl down on the floor for silver then he puts a rose that is in a small vase on the floor next to the bowl and the audience roars again at this Dog humor, I'm telling you. Oscar says, I Dog hope he's... Related humor. Oscar says, I hope he is a fast eater. That's because, I didn't understand. Is that because he, he expects him to get out of the apartment soon, right? I guess so, yeah. Felix says, don't listen to Oscar Legree. He eat, eat slowly and chew your food. Legree? Legree. That's the reference to Simon Legree, right? Right, which is Uncle Tom's Cabin. I can't remember. I, I believe you. If you. I didn't look that up, actually. Um, um yeah sure it is yes it is okay <laughs> uncle Tom. so uh we now see a so felix says eat slowly and chew your food and we see a quick shot of silver eating then the doorbell rings and that leads us to uh our third clip don't answer who is it it's mr hugo why are you making such a face? Who's Mr. Hugo? That's Silver's trainer. Yeah. Oh, let him in. No, you no. tell him that the dog followed you home. That's no, 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 no. Please no, use Tom Hatter. I'll tell him that you killed the dog. I'm coming, you. Mr. Hugo, come in. Oh, I want you to meet my roommate, Oscar Madison. I do. This isn't a social visit. Silver has run away. Run away? <laughs> Sounds. You were the last one with him, Unger. You didn't leave that door open, did you? No, no, no. No, I closed that door. Dumb dog. This isn't the first time he's run away. Hmm. I've had to hunt him down and drag him back three times. But when I find him this time, I'll... Teach him a little respect with that stick, huh? It's the only thing he understands. Hmm. How about the muzzle? He must be punished. My father used to do that to me. (laughs) Well, I, I better keep looking. I've wasted enough time. And I'd better get the cops on this ungrateful dog. Elevator, stay! 
Everybody ought to put a muzzle on him. Bless you, Oscar. Beneath that gruff exterior beats the heart of a... Of a patsy, I know. But Monday afternoon it goes. After the jump, it goes. Now, Hugo or no Hugo, That's all I ask. So when uh, Hugo hits the crop on the couch, we see a shot of Silver flinching. In the Uh, kitchen. While it's... The dog is still in the kitchen, right? That's right. Yeah, Hugo doesn't see the dog. And Silver doesn't come out. So the next scene we see very Felix. fortunate for Felix and Oscar that the dog does not come. Out. Well, I guess I forget. They, do they they close the kitchen? They sh- you know they shut up the kitchen, but yeah. But I think the implication is Silver's Silver's not interested in coming to Hugo. It's not really. Yeah, but yeah. he's trained to obey him. But this um, is maybe the point that he's scared of a he's scared of him more than trained. Yeah. Hey, two quick things. Uh, elevator stay is is very funny. I think. What he says no. when he's leaving. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. His command to the elevator. Um, but did you notice what Felix says? Zounds? Af- yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great Tony Randall thing to say because it's, um, I always thought it was bazoons. I think it can be debated. Uh, it's no. a Shakespearean exclamation. I always thought zoons? I never heard anyone say zoons. You know why? Because then, yeah, I, I think it varies, but it is actually an old English abbreviation of God's wounds. Oh, an old, a very old kind of exclamation, you know, prof, profane, uh, you know, uh, just like bloody is. Uh, you saying Our Lady? I think. Are you saying bloody it, is a contraction of by Our Lady? So, you, so you're saying too. it? Are you saying that it should be Beatty instead of bl- or Blady? <laughs> I don't know. I oh. don't know. But that's just a little side check on Elizabethan uh, exclamation, you know, profane profanity. We get a lot of email asking for more Elizabethan references. I know, I know. Uh, the other thing we didn't address, if we're going to say, is when Felix calls himself Swell Felix. Swell Felix, right. <laughs> uh, okay, so now the next scene, we see Felix vacuuming silver, like with a vacuum cleaner with the you know the the whole the hose part uh, i guess to clean them and we actually get felix singing and no musical cut mm. and he's singing uh i forget the song now i dream of genie with the with the right not the tv show i dream of genie not <laughs> right but i dream of genie with the light brown hair which that. is uh probably was not public domain at the time so no because it was like, I think it was the 20s, and this is the 50 years later. Yeah. All right, I'm going to play the clip now. I dream of silver with a light brown hair, prettier than any dog, even a Labrador. I love my silver with a light brown hair. Wait, listen, please. I just ran into Murray in the hall. Did he see the dog? No, he? no. He came in. I hid silver in the kitchen. Oh. Then he said he wanted a drink of water. So I told him we had a busted water pipe. Oh, that's why I went down to the basement. He's going to fix our pipes. You see how smart he is? He knows he has to go out. Yeah, he's got to go out or else. But Felix, he can't. Everybody's looking for him. Ha, ha, ha. What? The younger mind at work. Come here, Silver. Got a disguise. Come here. What is that? Beagle mask? Oh, this is the most ridiculous thing I ever saw in my life. Hey, fellas, 
I gotta go home. I couldn't find the busted pipe, but I'll be back tomorrow. Hey, I didn't know you guys bought a beagle. That's nice. <laughs> That is a funny, that's a funny sight gag. Not the as funny is great. Yeah. It's not, not sort of as funny as the audience thinks it is, but it's again, it's, everything is magnified because it's the dog doing it. It's very clever. Um, uh, and the dog uh, behaves very well uh, given this strange mask being fitted on its, on its head. Yeah. Dog does a good job. Dog is very good. I, I don't know much. Not credited. I, I don't, yeah, I don't, I, I didn't really look very hard. I'm not sure I knew much about like where this dog came from or how they've, if it was in other TV shows or movies. Mm-hmm. Oh, and not the, the first time that Murray has been, that we've set up a situation that Oscar says is ridiculous, and then Murray comes in and falls for it. What was the other one? I don't know. I just feel like oh. maybe others can chime in with that, but it's uh, I just feel like that's a running gag with Murray, is that it's a, you set up something that no one would believe, and then he believes it. <laughs> it's a little bit like what Gary Marshall would later do soon with Laverne and Shirley with Lenny and Squiggy, where they would say, what oh. idiot would think about that? And then Lenny and Squiggy would walk <laughs> in and say, hello, you don't remember that? <laughs> I don't remember Laverne and Shirley very well. Oh, okay, fine. But hey, that should be our a, next no, podcast. Yeah, there you go. Penny Marshall connection. Uh, hey, I looked, uh, we have to correct ourselves about uh, the song. You, uh, it, I, I didn't say anything. I'm sorry. Okay. It was all me. Right. It was, it would not have been public domain because it's actually a 19th century song by Stephen Foster. Oh, so it is. Of it, Swanee River fame. I never associated this song with him. So you uh, say it, it would be public. You're yes, saying it would have been public. Okay. So it it was not. Uh, and the, even the title is not really I Dream of Jeannie, although that's how the song is popularly known, which the TV show kind of cashed in on. But the, the real title, the song is Jeannie with the light brown hair. And let's make a honeymooners connection. <sighs> Stephen Foster. Stephen Foster. In the ninety nine thousand dollar answer, this? who wrote who yeah. wrote Swanee uh, River? And uh, Norton. Norton. <laughs> right. Um, okay. So the next scene, we see Oscar at night in Central Park with Silver. I guess to walk the dog at night when yeah, no this one's is around. A weird scene. All right. And then, as a voiceover, we hear Rona Barrett, who we just discussed last week, because Felix, when he went to Hollywood, wanted to meet Rona Barrett, which was weird. And she is saying, and what Hollywood hero with the initial S has a bone to pick with his manager? The wicked whisper is that the international personality had been kidnapped. And now we see Rona come on camera. Now a kind of a, uh, we see a. See a, a television set. A television it's not set. clear whose television set. Are Correct. This is the first time they've done this. In and anything it, like this. And it, it slides in and there's a Chiron <laughs> above her that says hot flash. I don't know if that was the real name of her segment back in the day. And now she, and she keeps talking. But in this reporter's opinion, the star willingly took off in a rough. The well-known manager claims foul play, but this reporter knows that this is not the first time the pair hasn't seen eye to eye. This is Rona Barrett in Hollywood. So I guess the point of this is to show how popular Silver is, I guess. And somehow they got right. Rona Barrett. I know she was an ABC person at this time. Yeah, so it is an odd scene. By the way, I checked and this was, I was curious whether this, whether the Rona Barrett reference is a coincidence in the previous episode. Uh, And it, they may have known that Rona was coming on the show, but uh, it was not filmed out of sequence. Like 
that Hollywood story was taped before this one. I see. Um, In case you were wondering, uh, I guess, but she was on their minds, I suppose. Um, Yeah, weird. Oh, then you're going to say what else is weird about this scene? Uh, well, I'm going to continue with the scene. Is that what you're talking about? Okay, yes. So now we see Oscar holding the blanket and walking the dog in Central Park, but now it's light out, so I guess he's been out all night. <laughs> or he started early. He took him out at 5, and now it's 7. I mean, it could be that. And then another couple comes near them, and Oscar puts the blanket over Silver, which does not look suspicious at all, and they just walk by and don't notice it's incredibly kn- awkward this physical comedy he's trying to do with the dog in yeah. and we should say this clearly is central, like central park it does yes. i mean once again we have these location shots of central park which they just did for the frog show that i mean again it's the benches are the giveaway like i i just can't i i, I can't picture there's a park in la that has quite that layout that central park does and um but that's crazy because that means silver the wonder dog is it the same dog in new york did they get just a different collie to <laughs> that looks like that one for the new york location shots it's uh you know it's, i guess so it's possible um the, as far as the i noticed that it looks a lot later at night when he when we first see oscar and then it's lighter and i was at first thought maybe you know it's like a mistake where they sometimes they shoot day for night you know on location where they they filter it like they if it's a night scene they'd rather film the daytime then they filter it and maybe this is a mess up where they didn't do it right but your theory sounds right that it is kind of like oscar's not wearing a coat so it's sort of spring or summer and it could still be light out at seven o'clock uh i think uh thanks for the the, the note on my theory but w- when you say seven o'clock what, i think i think you have you the wrong that. theory my theory okay. was that he started at 6 a at 5 a.m is this the morning yeah when this so, like he just left the apartment my oh no yeah no, they put the mask oh no we don't see oscar leave the apartment so i'm thinking right. so there's either two uh, assuming that there's no continuity error or, or mistakes here Either he took the dog out at midnight and then it's 6 a.m. here or, eight. you know, he, he spent all night with the dog because it's dark <laughs> at the first scene and light in the second right. scene. Or, and, and, he, and that is uh, strange. Or he took the dog out at 6 a.m. when it's still dark out and that's the first scene. And then an hour and a half later, it's 730 and it's light out. A.m. Okay. A.m. Just, just to make this crystal clear for anyone listening. Uh, I Too guess late. The source of my confusion, if there's yeah. anyone, if there's anyone still listening by this point, um, we just had a scene where uh, they got this mask for Silver because they need to take Silver out for his walkies, right? And but and the- so because Silver is going to the door and want needs to go out to do his business, and that's but Murray comes in and kind of interrupts that. But I assumed that as soon as Murray goes, then Oscar goes ahead and takes the dog on the walk. And it seems to be evening at that scene. But do we see right? the mask on the dog? But that's a good question, right? I don't think we see the mask in, no. the, in the location scene, which again, furthers my theory that it's a different dog and it's not. it was not at all filmed in any continuity to that scene. But you're right that I, I assumed this was Oscar going out right after the Murray scene. But he could be just taking 
the point is the dog has to be taken for walks in general. Yeah, uh, they could have taken him to go out just to pee at that moment, and then this could be another. These scene. could also be two different walks. Like I, he takes it for one one walk, then Rona Barrett comes on, and then he takes him out in the morning. This None seems of that's like clear, but it's but, you know. Yeah, th- this seemed like just uh, a walk, maybe you know, a walk just to take the dog out. Because I'm looking at the scene now. There's no beagle mask. Oscar's like lying on the park bench with the dog. So it seems like it, I thought my interpretation was this is a separate from that immediate beagle mask thing. This is another part of where they have to just deal with the dog over the weekend. Yeah. And then the question is, why is it dark and then light? And either it's a mistake and they don't care and nobody cares. Or if it was legitimate, the legitimate part is that uh, – he's either out all night, which seems silly, or it's the point of the day or the evening, the morning where it becomes, it starts dark, but becomes light an hour or two later. Okay. I'm satisfied now. Okay. Uh, (laughs) With whatever explanation makes sense. So now we go to uh, Felix standing in the living room and watching TV. We hear the crowd cheering and an announcer say and that after that unusual lifetime halftime sorry after that unusual halftime we'll be back with the second half of the alabama nebraska game following this commercial felix turns off the tv and talks to the tv or yelling at it saying barbarians savages oscar walks in with silver and he's oscar's carrying the blanket and silver's just with him and Felix says, well, Oscar, you missed the halftime activities. They didn't have silver, so they dropped a goat down on the field. He landed on the 50-yard line and then turned around and ate his parachute. And Oscar's upset and says, and I missed it? But he says that seriously. Yes. By the way, so, you know, today this would never be allowed to happen. <laughs> no. But in the 70s, I, you know, I don't guess PETA wasn't around, but. And I know that over the course of entertainment, you know, I was recently watching a documentary uh, about MGM and they had footage of the original Ben-Hur where like hundreds of horses were killed, you know, for the scene. So I'm not sure what the what is the state of treatment of pets in this era of entertainment? Betty White was, you know, who just lost Betty White was around at this time and, and actively discussing uh, I think she was probably actively discussing, yeah, pet safe, you know, uh, being humane to pets. But I would, I don't, would that be of have been okay to drop <laughs> well, animals? I'm curious out of- whether there's any precedent this is based on. I mean, what it makes me think of is that this is the evil Knievel age, right? So that nowadays we think of a halftime uh, attraction would be a big concert. And I'm curious whether this was a half whether well, halftime in the seventies was an opportunity for a stunt like this, but um, a stunt with pets. But is a stunt different. with an. Well, I'm also curious about the role. Did an, were animals used in any of these crazy daredevil stunts? That's what. That's where I would look. So Felix talks to Silver and says, "You're safe now, fella. Yes, sir." Oscar says, "Well, now we can take him back, okay?" Felix says, "Oh, please, one more day." Oscar says, Felix, we made a bargain now. Don't make it more difficult. We made a promise to each other, right? Then we're going to stick to the bargain. Felix says, I don't know when we'll see each other again, Silver. He starts crying and says, I'm sure I'll sure miss you. He hugs the dog and walks away. Now, Oscar starts talking to the dog and says, listen, in a couple of weeks, he would have gotten on your nerves anyway. 
Felix starts to put on his coat. Oscar says, listen, we'll make an anonymous phone call to the police and we'll tell them where he is, okay? Felix nods, but he's still crying. He sniffles. He takes Silver's leash. As they open the door, Murray is there. <clears throat> and he says, hi, fellas, just hold it a second. Mr. Hugo? Hugo appears and says, that's my dog. That's him. I had a hunch about you guys, and I was right. Silver, come. Officer, do your duty. Murray says, I'm sorry, fellas, but you're under arrest. Now come on down with, the state, with me to the station. Let's go. Come on. You sure had me fooled. I thought it was a beagle. After the commercial, we see the exterior of a court building. We see a bailiff say, all rise. He is played by Buddy Lewis, who we discussed in Made for Each Other. <laughs> he was the crony who was encouraging them to eat pizza. And right. IMDb has ident had identified him as Robert Lewis, the founding father of Actor Studio. But you knew Robert Lewis. But you're you knew all the, you knew what he looked like. You'd seen him yes, in I, person. Yes, I was very familiar with his his person. Yes, and we believe that that is a false we identification. Called out that mistake, and I actually and, I corrected in IMDb, but I believe it was not accepted because it still says in that episode that he wow. is Rob. Outrageous! Outrageous! Buddy Lewis. Named IMDb. Robert Lewis. I, they're probably very slow. I think. But what about this episode? Is he correctly identified in this episode? Yes, this says he's Robert Lewis, and when I when I uh, I think when I click on that guy's bio, it does not mention Actor Studio. When you go to him on the Made for Each Other episode, it then says, "I see, buddy." Link. So maybe it's just a link problem. It. Sorry, let me just phrase that. It's it. Uh, no. Um, uh, well, here's the problem. Right, in the in this episode, it says he's Buddy Lewis. In the Made episode, it says he is Robert Lewis, but he goes by Buddy Lewis in the in the credits. Oh, okay. And then they link to this person. So the problem is that it's it's kind of a linking problem, but it doesn't seem a mistake. It seems that someone has misidentified him as Robert Lewis. And I believe, wonder if it's possible his real name is Robert Lewis and he was known as Buddy. Which the this guy, not the this guy, this yeah. guy, not my not my supposed friend. Maybe. So after he says all rise, the courtroom rises and the bailiff says Judge McCormick presiding. Now, of course, we want Kurt Conway to walk in, but I believe he's uh, passed yes, away yes. by this time. Yes. Yeah, he, he died in between seasons four and five. Uh, so in place of him he's in the last episode of season four is Bill Idelson, who is an odd couple writer that we've mentioned of six episodes. Yeah, that's weird. I didn't recognize his name at all, even though I've probably talked about him. I tell you that when I did this and started to figure out who he was, I did not remember the name I, either. These were all season two or three episodes. So I think we just, it's been a while. So he wrote The Blackout, Natural Childbirth, The Odd Couple Meet Their Host, Win One for Felix, Partners Investment, and The Princess. It's a lot. He also acted in a, yeah. We better did he ever act in another Odd Couple? No, no. But he acted on a lot of TV shows. Dragnet, Peter Gunn, Leave it to Beaver, Twilight Zone, Perry Mason, Dick Van Dyke, Happy Days, Will and Grease, Grace. He also wrote for Twilight Zone, Dick Van Dyke, 19 episodes of Andy Griffith, Get Smart, Bewitched, Bob Hart, Bob Newhart, Happy Days, Fish, and MASH. And you may have That's mentioned interesting. that. That's interesting. So, he, so he's not just a, a writer friend doing a cameo. He was a professional actor. Yes, he was. But not before being a writer, sounds like he's he was doing both his whole career. I think that's right. Um, and uh, yeah, 
Okay. The judge says, now nah, this court is now in session. He slams the gavel. And then another voice says uh, the state versus Madison and Unger. I'm assuming that's the bailiff, but it's off camera. The judge asked the prosecu- prosecution if it's ready. And the prosecutor says, yes, your honor. <laughs> now the prosecutor is played by George Jordan, who we have discussed before because he was the narcotics cop in the diner in New York's oh, oddest. Did not recognize him. And then the judge says, is the defense ready? Oscar's lawyer stands up and says, your honor, my client, Mr. Madison and I are ready. He's played by Cliff Norton, who we've also discussed because he's Lloyd, the insurance man in yes. Decathlon. <laughs> okay. So isn't this funny that first of all, that it looks like Oscar has Lloyd to defend. <laughs> he's not only his, right. his insurance agent, he's also his, his, his lawyer because uh, he looks exactly the same. But I'll tell you something even funnier is that I don't know if you remember, but when we first discussed Buddy Lewis, I had a brief thought that that was the Lloyd guy because they oh. have similar sideburns. <laughs> uh, but they don't I don't really... know. I got them kind of confused. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but it's interesting that all these actors have been in Odd Couple before right. in one scene. And then uh, the judge says, Who is defending uh, Mr. Unger? And so that will play uh, the clip after he asks that question. If it please the court. I will serve as my own attorney. Will the defendants please rise? Rising? You are charged with grand theft. Mr. Madison, how do you plead? Guilty, Your Honor. You out of your mind? Don't believe it. All arranged. We are finding them out of it. Now, that's it. Plea bargaining. Mr. Unger, how do you plead to the charges against you? I plead unequivocal innocence. Does that mean not guilty? Do bees buzz? Yes, not guilty. Uh, Your Honor, my client will accept a sentence now. I object, Your Honor. Any penalty visited upon my co-defendant at this time will only serve to increase the seeming culpability of my client, Felix Unger. I ask the sentencing be delayed till after my trial. Denied. Did you say denied? Do bees buzz? It's a hanging judge. Mr. Madison, you will pay a fine of $300. Thank you, Your Honor. Chicken. Prosecution will begin its case against Mr. Unger. To begin my case, I would like the court to meet the subject in question. Silver, the wonder dog. Oh, look at that nice doggy. Bailiff. <laughs> this beautiful animal who never hurt anybody, but brought joy to millions of people all over the world, was brazenly stolen from his home and held prisoner by this man. <laughs> So at the end of that clip, there's an old lady sitting behind Felix who wallops him really good, actually, with his, <laughs> with her purse. She takes her purse and really yeah. she she she's kind of far behind him. And so it's a long, got a long strap on it. And she hits him on the head after the prosecutor accuses. Him, yes. Points at him and says, yes. Man. Right. Uh, I wonder if her, I wonder if Tony Randall got hurt by that. That's what I was wondering. Uh, so the next scene, the prosecutor is talking to mr hugo who's on the stand 
and says, and tell me, Mr. Hugo, is the man who stole the, your dog in the courtroom now? And Hugo says, yes, the gentleman sitting right there, and he points at Felix. The prosecution says that's all. The judge asks Felix if he has a cross-examination. Felix stands up. He inhales deeply and says, cross-examine? I rather think not, Your Honor, though I reserve the right to recall the witness. Prosecutor says the prosecution rests. Felix bows to him and says the defense calls as a surprise witness, Oscar Madison. All right. So the next clip is almost seven minutes, but there's really no way not to play it because and it's not it's worth a breaking scene. up. Court scene and it's pretty seamless. And it it is just if we're going to discuss this episode, you just have to listen to the whole scene. Be my character witness, boy. We're gonna have fun up there. You'll help me. <laughs> Didn't expect that one, did you? Lined you with my footwork, huh? A lot more surprises in this package, buddy. <laughs> Mr. Madison, you are employed as a sports writer, is that not correct? Yes. Would you say that you are well paid? I would say that. You would. How much of your salary do you spend on gambling? Well, a small percentage. A small percentile. Yes, I would you say 10 to 20 percent? I might say that. 25 to 30 percent? Maybe 40 to 50 percent? Maybe if you really... 60 percent? As a matter of fact, you spend 61 percent of your salary on gambling. Something like that. Exactly like that. <laughs> Mr. Madison, are you married? I'm divorced. I don't wonder. <laughs> Tell me, how far behind are you in your alimony payments? A few weeks. Speak up so the whole jury can hear you. Would you hazard a guess as to how many weeks? Forty-seven. Forty-seven weeks! For almost a year, this man has neglected his ex-wife to squander a large part of a very excellent paycheck on gambling. Yet this divorced gambler. This man, who in this very court pled guilty to major theft, this convicted felon, felt compassion for Silver. I apologize to the court for parading a person like this before it. Witness dismissed, you may slink away. No further questions? I would like to recall to the stand, Mr. Hugo. You've seen my razzle, now I'm going to show you my dazzle. Just a few questions, Mr. Hugo. Tell me, what do you do for a living? I'm the owner, trainer, manager, and agent for Silver, the Wonder Dog. Aha! Uh -huh. And uh, do you like animals? I love this one. You love this one. That's very interesting. Very interesting indeed, Mr. Hugo. Hmm. Uh, stronger. That's that's mine. <laughs> Mr. Hugo, 
Is it not true that you poke and hurt this animal, that you hit him to make him do his tricks? Of course it's true. You admit it. Any top animal trainer will tell you it's necessary. In his last picture, Silver had to run into a forest fire and rescue a mannequin dressed as Dean Jones. Would you do that if I didn't hit you? Mr. Hugo, when I was a lad, yay high, I had a pup. And pup, spelled backwards, is still pup. But dog, spelled backwards. I suggest you think that over, Mr. Hugo. Mr. Unger, would you approach the bench, please? If you don't get to the point, I'm going to smash your fingers. If it please the court. It would. It would. Mr. Hugo, have you ever considered that perhaps Silver would be happier without all this glamour and success and tinsel? More content as an ordinary dog? Then he wouldn't be silver. And he loves being silver. The great international star. The wonder dog. Oh, really? Really? How very interesting. Hmm. Well, Mr. Hugo, isn't it true that you were kicked out of your high school dramatic society for incompetence? Well, I don't see... That in your you... only college production, you were booed off the stage on your entrance? Well, I... That you were the laughing stock of summer stock? Well, I don't see the relative relevance in any of this. I'll show you the relevance. You always wanted to be an actor, didn't you? Well, yes, but... But you couldn't cut it. So you live vicariously through the dog. You wish you could run into that fire and save Dean Jones, but you can't. And why? Because you can't act. Oh, oh yes, 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 it's true. It's true. wanted to be an actor. I mean, I'd love acting. I mean, Silver keeps me close to show business, but I never meant any harm. May I ask the court to show leniency to this man? Why not? He's not on trial. You are. Then may I ask the court to show leniency to me? Miss <laughs> Forlady, have you reached a verdict? We have, Your Honor. And how do you find? We find the defendant, Felix Unger, guilty as charged. Oh, I know how Dreyfus felt. <laughs> Mr. Unger, you've been found guilty, and rightly so. This crime was inexcusable, as was your nutsy behavior in this court. However, I know you were motivated by love for this animal and your intentions were essentially harmless. Therefore, it is the decision of this court that you should see the bailiff and pay a fine of one dollar. Mr. Hugo, I hope you will heed what has been said here and that you will be better to this wonderful doggy. And Mr. Unger, I hope you stay out of the law business. Court adjourned. <laughs> So when the judge says that's mine, it's because Felix starts unscrewing his gavel while he's talking to Mr. Hugo, which is a funny bit of business. It is. Uh, Dean Jones, I, he's not, a think, a very well-known name today, but he was a very big actor in the 60s and 70s, specifically in Disney movies such as That Darn Cat, 
The Ugly Dachshund, Blackbeard's Ghost, Million Dollar Duck, Snowball Express, and in the Herbie the Love Bug films. Right. So he's also, associated with those animal pictures that we were talking about. Right. Some people also know him as the evil vet in the original Beethoven movie, another dog film. Exactly. Right. Hey, so he, but I'll tell you where I know him from. Yes. He wasn't obscure to me because he was the star of the original production of Stephen Sondheim's Company. Oh, yes. by our friend George Firth. Right. Okay. I did the see that in the credits. Odd couple guest star. Uh, did you see him in that? No, you're too young to see him. No, it was yeah. the year that we were born okay. and the year the Odd Couple started. 1970. Uh, so the jury foreman for woman, I should say, is Marguerite Ray, who was on the Wild Wild West, Bewitched, Ironside, Marcus Welby, Good Times, Sanford and Son, and its spinoff, Sanford. Oh, not Grady. Sorry. When I said earlier, Another one, we, right? <laughs> yeah, it's Sanford that she was on. Um, I feel like we mentioned Grady in the past. That's on the probably show. the same because I was talking about the writers. Uh, Rockford Files, Quincy, Simon and Simon and 73 episodes of The Young and the Restless. Um, you know, that's a, it's, I, we love our courtroom scenes. You and I both love them. That's a very good one. <clears throat> I mean, it really, it calls out, I really wish Kirk Conway was there. Bill Idelson, yeah. I think is fine. Um, but now having like discussed Kirk Conway so much and, and, and really diving into those episodes, it, it's a shame that he couldn't be around to, yeah, make you know, in, in retrospect, you know, what's funny about really funny about Kirk Conway's appearances in retrospect is that all the times they appeared in his courtroom, he none of the neither of them recognize each other. Yes. Well, of course, <laughs> and, I guess. Uh, I mean, yeah. we I don't think it's ever implied he's the same judge, but right. I always like to think it was the same judge like that they always are going to appear before him. So this kind of yeah, this messes with my head. In fact. And of course, the final scene where Felix cracks Mr. Hugo is very Perry Mason like yes. I mean, that's kind of the reference there so the well, tag right he, he he pulls that that's always what tony randall's doing is he just like has a an amalgam of a, a parody of every courtroom drama possible he uses every actor's ha ham actor's uh, cliche uh, playing the lawyer um we might as well though sorry we'll just ask how did he find all that stuff out about mr hugo Oh yeah, right. I I thought that too. Like before the internet, right? He yeah. kind of has like a he's got a a a a, a file briefcase full of papers. Yeah, and he pulls he, out a Manila folder, and that in that Manila he folder, went to the library, I guess, and did this would be in the library. Looking, <laughs> but no. he's not like that famous a guy, so he, he would be hard to research pre Google. Oh, actually, no. Wait a second. You make a good point there. Rona Barrett does say that he's very famous. Ah, okay. So, so you're right. So that useful. okay. So that's that's uh, that's an explanation I'll accept. Yes. I also just want to. I think this is our last courtroom scene, but I'm not going to bet money on it. Um, but it's. I'm just reminded, like how hilarious. This is just stating the obvious, but what's always ultimately hilarious about the courtroom scenes is that Felix calls Oscar to the stand yes. in an attempt to defend both of them right. somehow. Yeah. And. And his defense always involves insulting and humiliating him on the stand. Yeah. And this is a great, this is the most ridiculous example of that in a way, because he's trying to, he just destroys his character as a way to say, and even a terrible man like this loves this talk, which yeah. I'm not even sure how it helps his case. No, but it is, those are some of the best moments is, is that. Um, so in the tag, Hugo says, Mr. Unger, I want to thank you. I now know what I have to do. I'm going to give Silver a long vacation. I'm going to go back to acting school. Thank you. Oh, and I won't be needing this. And he hands Felix the crop. 
Felix says goodbye to Silver. Hugo says, Silver, come and take Silver out. Felix turns to Oscar and says, well, everybody's happy. Oscar says, they find you a dollar? I don't understand it. A man steals a dog. He brings him home to my apartment. I spend a night in jail. I have to sleep on a pair of wino shoes. I pay a lawyer and I've got to pay a $300 fine. I'm humiliated in court. I have a criminal record. And you ask me if I'm happy? Felix says, I'm sorry, Oscar. Felix says, never mind being sorry. Lend me the $300. Felix says, no, I can't do that. Oscar says, why not? Felix says, how would you ever learn a lesson? You know, I, I blame Lloyd. Can't trust that Lloyd. Oh, guy. right. Yeah. Um, so I, I think this episode is okay. I, I don't enjoy the dog episodes of this show that much. And I, I just find pet episodes, again, a crutch and a gimmick. The fact that it has a courtroom scene that's good is the saving grace for me. Lacking Kirk Conway, I guess I can't fault them for because it's not their fault he died. Um, or just, is it? Oh, good point. Let's go to uh, True Crime Broadcast. Uh, and, you know, John Fielder's good again, but it's, I don't know. I, I guess I, I really, I, I can't stomach abuse. Like most people, I hate when pets are abused. So just the thought of it, I know this is not a fair thing to use on a sitcom. Just the thought of this guy abusing the pet is like, I guess it feels too icky for me and I just can't get into it. So I give that it a three. It disturbs me, which I guess is the point, but it disturbs me in a way that takes me out of the escapist comedy that I watch to not have to deal with the world's problems. Yes. Yes. So it's a three out of five Murray's for me. Um, well, before I weigh in myself, uh, one thing I forgot to mention, uh, small trivia, is that scene in the Central Park that we <laughs> debated so much about uh, actually was cut from the is cut from the decades uh, version in syndication. Uh huh. That makes sense. Which is why I watched this on a television because I actually watched the decades oh. version of this first before, and then I looked checked out the uh, Paramount Plus just to compare. I see. But it was it was kind of disruptive. I felt there was a cut there, but in retrospect it's a it's not a bad cut to make because no, it, it's how problematic that scene is. Yeah, and the Rona Barrett. So you didn't see the Rona Barrett stuff. So either. I didn't see the Rona Barrett thing. Yeah. But I remembered seeing her name in the credits. So yeah, funny. Um so uh I liked it a little more than you did, but I agree it's it's um you know there's something about the dog is a gimmick and in this episode they kind of like clearly started with the idea of a, let's have a dog again like golden earrings and what's going to be the context and how are we going to make build a whole episode around a dog uh but at least in this one they did raise the stakes and they got it to the courtroom scene and, and all of that works great and they with john fiedler i agree it's a the way he is about he, he talks about abusing the dog including the uh helicopter stunt um but he does make for a very good villain in this episode. So I find that compelling. Um, and yeah, the, the, you, you miss Court Conway, but it is still a good trial scene. Has, uh, and, and that Bill Idelson brings a different kind of sardonic quality that is still does the job, you know, like they clearly could have, Kurt Conway could have done that, those lines, you know, even funnier. But um they kind of kept the character of the judge. So I give it four Murrays. Okay. Uh, well, if you have any feedback or questions or comments, uh, you can always email us at 1049pod at gmail.com. Uh, and 
if you'd be so kind to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Garrett, you may slink away. Well, you can't act. <laughs>